Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Marcello joins the show once again. He's a national college football reporter for 24-7 Sports. Does a fantastic job talking all things college football. Brandon, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. How are you? Doing well. Um, you know, just when you thought things were going to slow down, Nick Saban retires. So, <laughs> Brandon, we'll jump right into that. What were your immediate reactions, your immediate thoughts when he hung it up? Was there anything this season, again, you follow college football as closely as anyone 
Was there anything that stood out to you this season in particular versus past seasons where you thought, okay, this may be a possibility, or did it take you by surprise like it did so many others? Yeah, I mean, why was Nick Saban so relaxed during the season and before? It was weird. You know, it's it's crazy. Like, it, just to share a little personal anecdote, I was in a meeting in Nashville, had just left the coaches' convention, annual coaches' convention, and we were in there talking about, you know, what's on the horizon, what's going on, coaching carousel slowing down. And I had mentioned to a couple of colleagues, like, I go, hey, what, you know, what if Saban retires? Like, who do they hire? Um, and then uh, one of my colleagues said, don't put that out there. Just don't even put that in the universe. Um, and then uh, we had a meeting at, with three of us and our, our boss mentioned saving like, well, you know what? Saving retires and all this stuff and all this. And my other colleagues said, don't put that in the universe either. <laughs> and then while we're still sitting there in the meeting, 10 minutes later, the, the announcements made and my colleague goes, saving just retired. And, uh, the boss was like, are you, are you kidding? Just, no, Saban just retired. And it was a mad scramble. And we had to go on set and do a bunch of, uh, you know, video hits and stuff. And I, I missed my flight. And uh, so I blame Nick Saban for keeping me from going <laughs> home uh, for 12 hours. But no, it's, um, it's, uh, I think we'll all like, remember like kind of where we were at. If you're a college football fan, we'll remember where we're at when, Saban retired, and that's my where was I story. And Brandon, I'm sure Alabama fans are going to blame you for it happening, for speaking at the universe when they hear this conversation. Uh, again, you've been around college football, Brandon, for a long time. You've been around Nick Saban. You've covered him. You've interacted with him, had conversations with him. What's your favorite memory of Nick Saban? Maybe something not so much necessarily on the field with his Alabama Crimson Tide team, but maybe a personal interaction or just memory that you have of him in college football. Well, uh, I got a couple. One was back in, I think, 2014 or 15. I think it was 14. Um, or maybe it was still 2013. Anyway, uh, it's back when Saban was just starting his crusade against hurry-up offenses and clock management stuff. And um, I was at a co uh, another coaches convention, uh, the minority coaches of Georgia, uh, mostly high school coaches, and he, a bunch of college coaches go there to speak, and Saban was one of them. And um, I remember we had a small room where he was going to come talk to the media that was there. It was like four of us. And I remember one of his handlers asked us to leave the room, and they lined us up against a wall in a hallway. And he, then he came through almost like a procession and introduced himself. He says, hi, I'm Nick, to every single person. And funny enough, my wife was with me at the time just because she wanted to come with me and they lined her up against the wall, not knowing who she was. And she, he, next thing want to, hi, I'm Nick. And she's like, hi, I'm Amanda. <laughs> but, um, and then we went in that room and he was prepared. It was the first time really he discussed his crusade against hurry up offenses and the health and everything. And I remember the, someone just asked about it and he was prepared. He went into this, I can't remember doing the story, but it was something like an eight minute answer with no interruptions, anything. And you're like, whoa, this guy was well prepared for this. He knows what he wants that. And then also just like before, you know, SEC media days, they bring in a few of us national reporters. And I got to uh, do that the last three years, 
or two years, I guess, uh, like just having like 15 minutes of off the record conversation with them. And, and I always very much enjoyed that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Now, Brandon, we all know Kalen DeBoer, the next head coach at Alabama, that era beginning in Tuscaloosa. The last week plus or so has been madness when it comes to the transfer portal, the mass exodus, if you will, at not just Alabama, but I think you posted at Washington. I think they have two guys coming back from their two deep from the national championship team next year. I mean, they've been just as gutted as anybody, but I want to go to that brings me to a great piece that you wrote and was published this morning. It's titled Rival Coaches to Tide. Welcome to the portal or welcome to the portal party, Big Al. I highly encourage everybody listening to go check it out. But you talk about in this piece, again, you've had conversations with the coaches, and I what I thought was really interesting is, again, rival fans would expect, you know, maybe other coaching staffs or people to be celebrating this downfall of the Crimson Tide, and, you know, nobody's going to feel bad for Alabama, right? I've heard that a lot over the last week plus. But your piece was really interesting with, from your conversations with other coaches. It sounds like there's actually a lot of empathy for what Bama's going through and sort of this wild, wild west we're seeing in the portal. Just talk about that piece, if you will, and, and what you've picked up from the conversations with other anonymous coaches, if you will, about just what's taking place in Tuscaloosa and how maybe I thought was interesting you said that was something that, let's face it, probably forced Nick Saban out of the game. Yeah, it's crazy. I reached out to about a, a couple dozen coaches and personnel administrators as well, player personnel guys across the country. And I didn't have one single response, either text or phone conversation that was, ah, it's feeding time or, you know, the Alabama's going to fall and we're going to be able to take advantage. This is going to be good for college football. Nope, every single one of them in some way or form mentioned NIL, the transfer portal, and obviously what Saban's going through, or not Saban, Alabama's going through right now. But they were like really concerned about going, well, maybe this is an opportunity here. Finally, everybody's going, wow, well, you see what's going on to Alabama? And a lot of these coaches are like, this has been happening to a certain extent to a lot of teams for the last two to three years. And we've been talking about it. No one's really been listening. And those who have been listening have been unwilling to make changes or look at the unintended consequences. And the fact of the matter is, is 
listen, the transfer portal can be good for college football. It is what it is. And I'm not going to interject my own opinion on it. I'm, I'm one of both way. I can go either way with it. But the issue here is it's like the rules change over and over and over again. They're like makeshift rules. And then something bad happens and then they change it. They shrink the windows. You know, obviously you want to allow player uh, to enter the free market and everything. But the issue that a lot of coaches have is just the timing of when a coach is fired or, or resigns or retires. And in the case of uh, Alabama and Washington and the domino effect that have happened from there is that we don't see many job changes in January or February. And we particularly have never seen it with playoff teams. Um, I mean, you not just had save and retire, which was going to send dominoes falling everywhere, but you had another playoff team lose their coach to Alabama. And it's just like the perfect storm. And then now we're seeing more unintended consequences of, well, players are allowed to enter the portal for 30 days, but the portal's closed to everybody else. And Everybody else has already found new homes. So Alabama, Washington, Arizona, San Jose State, Buffalo, they're all sitting there uh, in the cold going, we got no way to stop the bleeding by adding players of any comparable talent, especially when you're Washington and especially Alabama. Alabama's lost 23 players and counting from their two deep. Uh, Washington has lost 30, not a single starter on offense returns. That, 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 that's not even the same team, let alone uh, it's not going to resemble anything that they had last season. You could go and take these players in the portal or have left or whatever Alabama and start building a team off that nucleus and have a top 15 team. I mean, it's if a coach was able to gobble them all up, they'd have a top 15 team. So, But the coaches that I spoke to were like, well, if they were having a little smirk, a couple of coaches were like, well, welcome to our pain. This is what we've been dealing with. You're just another one of us now, Alabama. But they're also going, well, we see what's possibly going to happen in May when the portal opens back up May 1st. I had one coach in the Big 12, a head coach in the Big 12 go, you know, don't you see what's going to happen? The portal's going to open up May 1st, and Alabama's going to be hunting. They're going to go after any and every player that they can that they see fits their system blue chip guys and you know you're not going to throw accusations out there but tampering is an issue it happens everywhere it happens even for coaches who are not aware of it boosters and others reaching out to players high school coaches reaching out to players saying hey would you be interested in going here or there um it's just the wild west i know everybody that term has been so overused these last three years but it truly is and now you got some coaches especially that one big 12 head coach who says, yeah, yeah, woe is me for Alabama now, but in May, they're going to be picking all of our rosters apart because they're going to be one of the few rosters out there that need a lot of additions, talking like 15 players potentially, and they're going to go after four- and five-star type guys who might already be on rosters now that are happy but might be enticed to go there from other boosters and NIL deals. And it's going to happen fast and furiously because, again, we're in a new portal window. It used to be like a 30-day window. Now it's only going to be two weeks, 15 days. It's going to be nuts in May. I mean, I and I, I think that coach was right on. It's going to be – that's the next storyline to watch here in May is like Alabama, Washington, among these five teams that have changed head coaches, they're going to be going to that portal aggressively. 
in May. And we're going to see something we haven't quite ever seen. Because, again, another unattended consequence of this, the NCAA back in December, because of what was going on nationally and, and lawsuits and Congress and all that stuff, put out guidance saying, hey, multi-time transfers, you're immediately eligible now. So it's pretty much like, ah, I've transferred three times. I can go into the portal again and go play at Alabama next season. So uh, it's it's uh, it's the free range out there. And, um, you know, coaches have felt this pain across college football, but for the first time, Alabama, and it's been magnified Alabama because it's so many big-time players all of a sudden. Plus, you couple that with, well, we just lost the greatest coach of all time for the last 17 years. No one's ever going to be able to match what he does, let alone come close to it, and we're losing these players. A lot of these coaches are hopeful that this puts a light on what they've been facing to a lesser extent for several years, and maybe the decision makers can kind of figure things out. Um, and not to get too long-winded here, but I had also some other coaches that I didn't put this in the story. Some of this stuff was just, I mean, I got some text messages, man. Like these coaches are busy. They're right. They wrote paragraphs, like an essay of like why this system's broken, why NIL is a problem. But a lot of the, not a lot of coaches, a few of the coaches went into big rants about NIL. And that's the root cause of, of a lot of these issues and all that. And um, I had one coach, I didn't put this in the story. Now I'm thinking of it. I probably should have, but he was like, he goes, no college coach is going to come out publicly and say they hate NIL. It's this and that and whatever. But we all feel that way because it's ruined the way they go about building rosters. It's ruined being able to have personal connections with players because it's gone one second here or the other. But also, you know, for me, when I'm seeing this and reading this, and um, I sit there and think, well, this is what you guys coaches have been doing for your entire life. You go somewhere, you coach for a couple of years, then you leave in the middle of the night and these players can't follow you now that they can. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a mess. Yes. I don't know how anybody fixes it, but it, it was really interesting to me. I simply reached out to a coach and said, what do you think college football looks like after Nick Saban? And do you feel bad at all about what's happening to their roster? And uh, the response, I was surprised that the general consensus was like, dude, what's happening in Alabama is tragic. It's terrible for them. Um, and hopefully this puts a light on things about what we've been going through as well. And we start fixing this issue. I, I, I was not expecting that. I think what's fascinating, Brandon, a lot of what you said is, but you mentioned that May portal window, and it feels like you're somewhat giving a PSA to all the fans out there listening that, hey, your favorite team's best player, he may not be there. After the May like, if you've got a really good player on your team and you're one of those middle of the pack or bottom third teams, let's just say in the SEC, if you're Mississippi State, if you're Arkansas, if you're South Carolina, if you're Kentucky, like nobody's safe. That's basically what you're saying. Nobody is going to be safe in that May portal window. If Bama wants them, I mean, are they at least not going to take the call, right? I mean, that's it, it's crazy. Right. At, I mean, a lot of players obviously went to Alabama to play for saving. That's why they stuck around. Um, player relationships with coaches still matters. I, I everybody gets kind of blinded by this money conversation, thinking that oh, they're just going there for NIL. That has something to do with it. But a lot of it's like, I, yeah, I want to go freaking play for Nick Saban. Duh, you know. 
Um, but also, when things settled down, I mean, Alabama still didn't have their staff built yet. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, if you are a quarterback or an offensive player of any sort, like why wouldn't you want to go play for Kalen DeBoer in Alabama? I mean, obviously what he's done over the years from Indiana to Fresno State and Washington, let alone, like, I hate to say it, but like, go back and look at the stuff they're doing at Sioux Falls in the NAIA, you know, a decade ago. I mean, this guy just like, he finds a way to score points and big players make big plays. Um, and so, uh, yeah, no, no one is safe. And uh, when coaches start complaining about because they will, uh, if Alabama comes calling for these players, go blame the NCAA because they they allowed uh, you know players to have multi time transfers and and be immediately eligible. I mean, it's just like it's just every it seems like every couple months there's like some new development. We would go, okay, that's good, that's a good good thing, and then like somewhat we go, oh wait, <laughs> um, but that's my prediction. I agree with that Big Twelve head coach I was speaking to that. May starting May first, it's going to be it's going to be war. Mm-hmm. Brandon, speaking of one of those big time transfers to leave Alabama, Caleb Downs is on the market. Do you think he ends up at Georgia? And piggybacking off of that, does this now clear the way for Kirby Smart and company to really take over college football? Because it felt like Nick Saban was sort of that last thing standing in their way. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he doesn't go to Georgia and follows T. Rob there. Um, I think it's a big thing. Ohio State, obviously, is, an, I think, another team to watch there, but it looks like Georgia. I don't think this allows Kirby Smart to be the next next dynasty team, so to speak, program. And I say that because of this. Uh, we talk about what's, what's a blueprint to win these days. Um, I, I think what you saw at Washington and Michigan this past year is a good blueprint going into the 12-team playoff era. Their blueprint was one, you gotta have talent, but their retention of talent and convincing kids who are about to go to the NFL to stay on campus. And if you look across college football right now, there to me, there are two programs that have been magnificent in doing that this offseason. Ohio State and Oregon. And I'm very interested to see if maybe this year. <laughs> is the year Ohio State wins a national championship, despite Ryan Day trying to stub his own toe by howling <laughs> Bill O'Brien. I saw a tweet out there that Bill O'Brien has managed to coach eight years alongside Bill Belichick and or Nick Saban and has never won a title. I mean, good God. Talk about being handled, handed a golden goose and throwing it in the lake. I mean, Bill O'Brien, man. But um, – I think that's the new blueprint is retention and very veteran rosters because it is going to be an absolute damn grind in the playoff playing potentially four games or whatever. In addition to maybe a conference championship game, uh, the preparation, the, 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 the luck you need, the health you need to maintain, and then just the savviness of these players when it comes game time and crunch time, you got to have veteran guys out there. And that's uh, as talented as Washington was, obviously, a receiver and everything this year. A big reason why they were in the national championship game is because of the veteran players, fifth and sixth year guys that they had on that roster. And the same goes for Michigan. Just go look at that too deep. 
Brandon, what chance does Washington have to rebound from this? Losing all these guys at the portal they hired. <clears throat> excuse me. They hired, I believe, Jed Fish over from Arizona. He was that next hot name. Can the Huskies rebound, go into the Big Ten? I mean, it, it's, Oof. you know, Alabama, we look at them and think, okay, they're going to be active in the portal. They're going to go target guys. I'm sure Washington will as well, but they don't have that Alabama A. They don't have that history and tradition, if you will. Like, how does Washington rebound from what's happened to them in the portal? Well, Washington's, I think, got one of the better NIL programs and organizational structures out there. And a lot of that had to do with Kalen DeBoer. They got a lot of money around Washington. I don't think enough people have realized that and looked at that. So that's something to watch going, of course, when I mentioned May for Alabama. May for Washington could be big for them in the portal. But man, they lost a lot of guys, and not just a lot of guys, but those veteran guys and just the talent. I mean, how do you replace Michael Penix? I mean, good God. The guy's incredible. Um, I think they're going to be in for a rough go. Very similar to what we saw with TCU this past year coming off and run to the national championship game. They similarly lost a great quarterback and a lot of veteran players, especially defensively, from that team. And they look completely different this past season. And I think Washington is very much in line to be in that same boat going into the Big Ten. I To be quite honest... I'm kind of surprised Jed Fish took that job. And the reason why I say that is because he had so many great players returning at Arizona. They were going to be a top 15 team in the preseason. Potential to get into the playoff, this new expanded field, going into the Big 12, where the Big 12 is wide open this upcoming year. I mean, I can only name like one team that I could not consider a Big 12 contender this year. And that's Cincinnati. Everybody else, I think, has like a legit shot or you can make an argument to win the Big 12 this upcoming year with OU and Texas leaving. So Arizona loses Fish from that. I think maybe Fish was sitting there thinking, well, I'll just take my quarterback and receivers and some of that. And it doesn't look like they're going to leave Arizona to go to Washington. So he's got to go take up a whole new thing. And the longstanding groupthink among coaches and, and agents in the industry was that Fish was going to wait another year or two to go and try and get the Florida job. He's got connections there. And obviously, Billy Napier is on the freaking hot seat. I don't care what Scott's from the AD there said. Uh, Strickland at this point, I like Scott. I covered him previously at Mississippi State when I was a beat reporter there more than a decade ago. He's come out in the media saying, hey, he's not he's on the hot seat. Well, the reason why he's saying that is because he's directly tied to Billy Napier. And if Billy Napier is out, Strickland is most likely out too. So anyway, I thought fish would stick around, see about that and potentially some other bigger gigs or for that matter, an NFL job. Um, I think in a lot of ways, he's almost resetting the clock on his own head coaching career by going to Washington. Uh, Unless he knows something I don't, about going into the Big Ten and having some success here in the first couple of years, he could go from a hot cake to just absolute, like, you know, ice cold here in the next, like, six months. Brandon, sticking with this theme of the transfer portal, looking at some of the SEC teams that had success there over this last portal cycle, Texas A&M and Mike Elko, extremely active, I think number one in the latest rankings. Obviously, what Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss did was wildly impressive. South Carolina was very active. Kentucky was very active. What are your top takeaways from the SEC teams that had massive success in the transfer portal in this previous cycle? 
Well, luckily for AM, their coaching change happened not in January. Because if that happened in January, they'd be very similar spot where Alabama is. If they'd be worse, because they're already hemorrhaging guys. Um, but if that didn't happen. It happened in December. They got their ducks in a row. They made their hire, and they were able to go attack the portal when it was still open and players were entering. And look at the class they brought in. Now that doesn't mean they're going to be great going into next season, but they definitely have won the portal. Ole Miss. I mean, they've done the best job out of anybody this year. Lane Kiffin has gone all in on, we got to win a championship this year. 2024 is our year. This is the roster. This is how we do it. Um, they're super talented, probably the most talented top to bottom Ole Miss team of all time. Uh, but the big question I think in the offseason is going to be, how do you get all these hired guns, so to speak, to gel together quickly and put together? That's going to be a great storyline to follow and one that's going to rely on how guys like Jackson Dart and other players who've been on that roster for two or three years, bring them in and build that team from the inside out. And I'm talking about the locker room and culture and all that stuff. That'll be fascinating to watch. Um, you mentioned AM. How about Texas? Uh, just killing it, getting like the top players in any position they needed. The number one ranked guy in the 24 seven sports rankings. And then again, I think the guy I call him the 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 uh, king of the balancing act. It's Mike Norvell at Florida State. He all he does is bring in top ten high school classes and top five or top ten transfer portal classes every year. He doesn't overdo it in the portal. He just compliments what he's bringing into the high school, and he's done it again. And I know a lot of people are joking. Well, they're just the Alabama castoff system because they've brought in five guys Alabama transfers into the program, but they're all five good players. And then also they just flipped a five-star edge rusher for the class of 2025 from Alabama uh, to commit to Florida state. And um, I know everybody's just like, well, Florida state had a shot this past year. They're not going anywhere because Mike Norvell is every year is the same. He's building that roster. And when he brings transfer portal pieces in, they have managed to take guys that were highly coveted that were maybe mid-round NFL guys at the time and develop them into potential first, second-round type guys. Jared Verse, for example. Keon Coleman came in and just absolutely blew the doors off the place at receiver. That's coaching. That's development. And that's I'm not going on a tangent here, but I always hear people like criticizing Norvell, like, well, his coaching staff doesn't develop high school talent. Like, yeah, they do. And not just that. But more impressive to me is they bring in portal talent, and in two years they transform them, transform them into the best players at their position, if not the most elite players going into the NFL draft. So Florida State's not going anywhere. Um, they are built, that roster, to continue to contend here year after year. And uh, I, I think what Mike Norvell's been doing in the portal, one, hasn't been looked at enough, but especially this year, just another top five class in the portal for him. Brandon, outside of Georgia, because that's the very obvious answer, who does Nick Saban's retirement most open the door for in the SEC to ascend to the top of the conference? Texas. Um, a lot of the same type of players they're recruiting, especially offensively. Uh, and, yeah, it, it opens the door for them. And it's so impressive what Sark has done and transforming the recruiting profile of that program. Uh, 
you know, I've covered a few Texas games over the last few years, but that that first year for Sark, uh, I covered their trip to Arkansas because it's right in my backyard. So I was like, I'm going to go check this out. They were manhandled on the offensive and defensive lines. And I was sitting there going, how the hell are they going to contend in the SEC? How are they going to even be able to get guys on campus and develop them in the next two years to be ready for the SEC? And boy, they did it. It's, it's almost like right after that season, they were like, yep, we know exactly what's wrong and we're going to go get the guys to fix this. And they did. And uh, uh, I think Texas is the one that's going to benefit the most from this. Yeah, If you're an A&M, an A&M fan, you just got to be beside yourself secretly. They won't admit it, but they left the shadow of Texas from the Big 12 and got into the SEC a decade ago. And if you look at the, at the numbers, when it comes to blue chip talent in the state of Texas, it almost flipped from in favor of Texas to Texas A&M when A&M joined the SEC. And this is before Manziel and all that stuff really started to kick, take hold. I mean, that first, like, when they announced, it almost started changing then. Manziel obviously helped. But it continued for a decade. Now that the scales have already started balancing, and Texas even back in the SEC, I, I, I hate to say it, but it's like tech, Big Brother's about to show why they're the Big Brother still in that state when it comes to recruiting. And A&M's window, I think, is come and gone. Uh, to potentially win an SEC title and get in the playoff. And uh, um, I think what they did a, you know, a year or two ago, uh, recruiting-wise, signing the best recruiting class ever. Um, and they're about to be the first number one recruiting class to never play for a national championship because of the portal. A lot of those guys are gone. There's been a coaching change, and it's a new era we're in. Uh, just because you have the number one recruiting class one year doesn't guarantee you're going to be the national championship game within four years. Like every team ever has been. If you look back to the 24-7 sports rankings, a and going to be that one lone outlier now. Brandon, a number of SEC coaches enter the 2024 season on a bit of a hot seat or at least seats that are warming up. Let's say the Vegas number, I give it to you at two and a half, over under two and a half coaches fired after 2024. You taking the over or the under on that number? Two and a half coaches fired after when? I'm sorry, I misunderstood the, the, this the question. Next season, this next season, the 2024 season. So this next, whether it's in the season, after the season, what have you. Two and a half in the SEC. Hmm. Let me think of the names here. <laughs> I think two of them are really obvious with Billy Napier yeah. and Sam Pittman. Um, yeah. I mean, I think of, you know, maybe Clark Lee at Vandy if they win two games again. Maybe Shane Beamer's seat is Shane heating Beamer. up, although I don't think it's going to happen, but it is heating up. I think that's fair. Um, under. Under. Gosh, I don't know. It's, I feel yeah. like there's always one that surprises us. So it's like, Pittman and Nate yeah. would be the obvious. I wonder if there's one more in there that would. And like this past year, wow. because of the lack, really lack of turnover in the SEC, that we might be set up for a bigger turnover rate this year. I, I think if Clark Lee doesn't somehow win at least like four or five games this year, he's probably out. I hate to say it because I think he's got a good plan there. Mm -hmm. uh, Pittman, Pittman and Napier have like fire me schedules. I mean, I don't know which don't of know. which of those two do you think is more likely to be back in 2025, Napier or Pittman? Napier, just because, as I mentioned earlier, Scott Strickland, the AD there might be like, I'm tied to him. I got to save this for another year. Plus, he's in a short, he's, he hasn't been there as long. Um, uh, Pittman's, in a, I think, in a heap of trouble 
just because it's been a downward trajectory since that great season they had a couple of years ago. And also, you just hired Bobby Petrino, and uh, if that don't work out, what the hell's your next step offensively? Um, and you keep changing things. Uh, that's not a good look. Uh, that schedule's tough. But, yeah, I, I think Napier uh, most likely survived between the two. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Brandon, last question. We'll get you out of here. Portal or NIL, you can only fix one. Which do you think would make the bigger positive impact in college football if it were to be fixed and some regulations put in place? Fixing NIL or fixing the way the portal works? NIL, and I don't think you limit what the players can earn. I think that's stupid. Everybody's talking about salary cap stuff. It's so stupid. Let the players earn what they they earn. If someone's quote-unquote dumb enough or smart enough to pay a player $2 million to bring him there, let him do it. Let the kid get the money. Good God. Um, but there needs to be some guidelines with NIL as far as transparency. Let's just put it out there, like how much the kids are be, get, getting. And also, um, uh, let's go ahead and move forward with some sort of system like NCAA President Charlie Baker has proposed of the schools pay, you know, at least $30,000 a year to these kids. Just do that as a baseline because a lot of these guys don't have NIL deals. Just give them that. Give them their scholarships in addition to some money because – they are employees. They can't do anything in their lives outside of freaking football or athletics. Um, heck, I remember when I was in school 20 years ago, and there were players, specialists, backup specialists on the team that couldn't go get a summer job at Walmart. I remember one guy being told, you can't go, you can't do it. You don't have the time to do it, but also we're just really not going to let you. And it's like, well, how the hell am I going to freaking eat this summer? So, yeah, pay the players, let the schools do that, and uh, have some transparency around NIL. The portal, that obviously needs to be tweaked. They need to do something, but you, you just the toothpaste out of the tube, as people say, you can't all of a sudden just go back and go, whoa, uh, you guys were free to leave. Not now. We're locking the doors. Keep drinking. That No, I want to go home. I want to go somewhere else. I'm a bar hopper. <laughs> um, you know, so that's what I would do. Brandon Marcello, 24-7 Sports, does a fantastic job talking all things college football. Go follow him on social media, at B Marcello. Brandon, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate you. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.